Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie is here. We're going to talk Miami. We're going to talk about jewelry, some other stuff. But we have our first user-submitted trivia question coming from Cody Bray. I mean, nobody could have gotten a question in quicker than Cody. I mean, come on. Come on, everybody. But this is a good one. I... I think he found, I don't know where he found this. Anyway, the 1961 Dutch Grand Prix has a remarkable place in F1 history. Do you know why? Um, I worded this question totally wrong, so we're already off to a bad start. But 1961, that's a little far back for me. Yes. Uh, I can give you the winner. The winner was Phil Hill. Okay. Who also Dutch won the Grand championship Prix. that year. A special place in F1 history? Mm-hmm. This is the only race where something happened, ever. No, I think you stumped me on that one. All right. Good job, Cody. It is the only race ever where every single car completed every single lap without pitting. So no cars pit and every car finished. Wow. All right. All right. Well, nice work. I mean, not nice work by you. Nice work by Cody. So now no one ever has to submit another question again because he won on the first try. <laughs> no, please keep them coming, even if it's Cody every week. Cody can be our, our our trivia finder because, I mean, if it wasn't for remembering that Cody sent me that, I would have forgotten yet again this week. So Miami to review, but we've got a little bit of news to cover before we get to that. And the first thing that was sort of the, I guess, big topic of conversation over the weekend was the Andretti to F1 rumors heating up, I would say. But are they? It seems like it. Mm, Okay, well, you go first and I'll share my thoughts. I think we're going to disagree on this one. So what we know so far is that Michael Andretti was walking around the paddock, basically using the fact that the F1 circus was here in the U.S. to kind of rally the teams to support his bid to enter for 2024. And so far, all we've got is Alpine supporting him because that is who would be their engine partner. And McLaren, because Zach Brown is 
one of Michael's good buddies and business but partners. This this is the the support to enter F1 without the sanctioning fee. Yeah, they call it the anti-dilution fee. We're going to call it the sanctioning fee. <laughs> Which, just for people who don't know, the anti-dilution fee is $200 million. And essentially, it's money to pay the existing teams temporarily the the financial loss that they would incur from an additional team sharing F1's revenue. So when when they phrase it that way it's so dumb it's it's an expansion fee just like any other sport but which yeah. is in in other sports team sports i get it to a degree formula we'll save that for another week continue what i'm hearing though is that most of the teams say that the 200 million dollar fee is not going to be enough that it's going to be necessary for there to be more but michael andretti seems pretty confident that this is going to happen and he's going as far as I guess investing in building a facility and starting to hire personnel. So he's got the financial backing, it seems like, and maybe this is a bluff to really push the FIA to approve it and say, look, we've, I mean, we're doing it. We're already, you know, halfway there or a quarter of the way there down the process. So you might as well accept our bid because. We've shown you that we can do this. Yeah, I I think it's definitely a bluff because right now there's so much stacked against them that I'm not feeling particularly confident that we'll have an Andretti entry in 2024. Just like everybody except Alpine essentially is against them. It just doesn't make like it makes no sense to say right now. Oh, they'll definitely be there, and I get Michael doing it as a as a as a stance to try to get the FIA open to talking a little bit more, but I'm feeling very doom and gloom on this one. I just doesn't, I don't see it happening with what we know right now. I guess that's fair. I'm trying to be optimistic because I, I guess I'm biased and I want to see it happen. So I'm looking on the positive side, but if I was to step back and really think about it from how realistic it is, I'd probably have to agree with you. Yeah. Just, like I want Andretti to be there, don't get me wrong, but when Total Wolf is coming out, and even if his reasons are complete BS, that's a big name to be against Andretti, and he's got a lot of influence. You know, whether whether doesn't matter what the F one topic is, he's got a lot of influence. So I don't, and you know, obviously he's not the only one. There's plenty of them out there who are saying similar things. So. Honestly, I'm not putting like this is something I'm putting on the back burner until I see real evidence, not like, hey, will you sign my sheet so I can go to the principal and see if we can get away with not paying? Like, I also don't get the not paying idea. Like, I don't think that was a good idea anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, just just you, you stand a better chance of entering F1 by just going, OK, we'll pay. Not this like, well, we don't have to pay. Like, what sense, like, why would anybody, other than Alpine, because, you know, I'm sure they're getting engine money anyway, so, like, they don't really care. Why would anybody agree to that? Like, if if a new NBA team joined and the commissioner was like, yeah, you guys don't have to pay the expansion fee, every other NBA team would be like, what the hell are you talking about? 
so it like now I'm annoyed. I didn't I honestly didn't even think of that until I started talking. No, it's true. It seems, I guess, a little bit almost arrogant. Yeah. So we already know how a lot of the F1 paddock feels about Americans. Americans. Yeah. So to also come in and be like, well, I don't really want to pay this $200 million fee. So who's willing to let me waive that? Probably is not coming across so well. No. Because if you're not going to follow the rules, why would they make an exception? You know, Yeah, it doesn't if, make any sense. If they already really don't care that much about adding an 11th team. But we'll have to see. I mean, this is big news. It was at least over the weekend. So we'll keep watching this for sure. Next item on the list is the jewelry ban the FIA is trying to enforce. Ugh. And I have a little bit of a rant on this because I think it's ridiculous. And I think most people probably agree that it's ridiculous. I mean, I I've have seen some people who say, well, why doesn't Lewis just take it out and follow the rules? And the reason I think it's absurd is just because I don't think it's really about the jewelry. I think it's it boils down to the fact that under Jean Tot, when he was the FIA president, we saw rules kind of not being as in, have, you know strictly enforced, and it I think it ultimately led to what we saw in Abu Dhabi with Michael Massey just choosing to pretty much ignore the rules and decide the championship arbitrarily. And so now we have a new FIA president and Mohammed Ben Salam doesn't want to give off that same vibe of being lax and being a pushover. So I think what he's basically trying to do is show the FIA is in charge and we're going to enforce even the smallest rule. You're not going to get away with this because we're the ones who basically hold the power here, not you. And obviously Lewis holds a lot of influence and I think maybe the FIA is threatened by that. And so this is a way to kind of push back at him and try to make a power play. It's political. Yeah. I am so tired of this debate. I also, when, when one thing I'll say is I think when Lewis said like, I'm not going to race if they don't change it was a bluff and well, the FIA called us bluff and they were like, Oh, okay. We're sorry. I also don't think it makes sense to totally enforce it to that degree. Like, there are some piercings. This is a family show that he probably can't remove because of where they are. Oh, is so? It, nope. Is don't it even. Don't, that he has nope. something like that. Yes, I'm. I mean, he said he has things in certain. Oh, you, me, and Cassie were talking about it. I didn't realize that that's what we were talking about. Yep. Yep. I thought we were talking about like tongue piercing. Oh, you are so innocent. No. No, definitely not. Or like maybe nipple piercing or something. I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Oh, I can't wait for Cassie to listen to this part. Anyway, I don't. I. It's just. This, this is just exhausting. Like, 
why can't you just it's you know instead of talking publicly just sit down with lewis in a room this does not need to be all over the news it's i i get certain things watches etc could be a a little bit of a safety hazard but also at the same time which i said multiple times over the weekend on twitter is like he signed some sort of waiver saying like i won't sue the fia if i burn my wrist you know my writ the the watch or whatever you know my jewelry causes an injury then let him go like just just let it be and i had somebody coming at me well it's an osha violation i don't think they have osha uh, i mean i guess technically in miami they do but like i don't i don't think that's applicable here no, a it's, and b it's not a u.s based championship yeah. so osha wouldn't apply and b if he signs the waiver that says you are not liable it doesn't matter what osha or anybody says it is what it is move on i'm so tired of this d- debate it's so dumb just like figured it did, and you know all they did was push it out two races so in two races at monaco or i guess after monaco whatever baku we're gonna hear the same crap again all weekend leading up to the race yeah i think it's something that is pretty embarrassing to be in the news about f1 i think my mom i saw her actually saturday so before the race and she said she asked me something about it like what is this i'm hearing and my mom doesn't follow f1 whatsoever she was like what is this i'm seeing about underwear and jewelry in formula one and i kind of had to explain it to her and she was basically thought it was extremely absurd yeah it's it's weird but we'll we'll see what happens i think and whatever you do do not read will buxton's opinion on it because it's incredibly exhausting and will buxton is exhausting <laughs> yeah to don't car drivers wear watches you have to race the race no during their when they're racing, they take them off. Okay. Yeah, because you always see Scott Dixon putting his watch on after the race. Got it. Okay. Their Richard Meal watch. Yeah, whatever fancy watch I'll never be able to afford. This may be a hot take, but I think the Richard Meal watches are ugly. Couldn't tell you what one looks like to be totally honest with you. I'll send you a picture after this, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, they may be worth like a ton of money, like probably the price of some people's houses, but oh, I think they're ugly. All right. Well, do we have anything else other than talking about the race? I'm trying to think of if there's anything else. Oh, yeah, there's one other rumor to talk about, and that is the possibility of Nicholas Latifi being fired by Williams and replaced by Oscar Piastri after the summer break. I I mean, is it deserved? Probably. Do I put any basis in the rumor based on where it's coming from? Not a single bit. So I give me somebody who's not rumor mongering right now on the internet and yeah. maybe I'll believe it. But I mean, yeah, I, but, uh, clearly the car is not good, but it's not like the worst car they've ever had. Albon's been able to scratch out some points and some pace the last couple of weeks. So clearly he's starting to get a handle on it. And Latifi, you know, is down there in P27. Like he's lower than it's, it's like last year when, when Kubica was above Mazepin from his like one Alfa Romeo start. Now we have Hulkenberg ahead of Latifi. 
yep. from his opening starts in in the Aston Martin this year. So he's not very good. I'm just going to leave it there. And he brings a lot of money to the team. I know that. But I think it's time. I think we can say that this experiment is not working. The other thing that I've heard, and I don't know how true this is, so take it with a grain of salt, is that I guess after Haas was going to replace Grosjean and Magnussen, um, Williams was offering to hire Kevin Magnussen. But they were going to fire George Russell instead of Latifi. And so yeah, I read that too. I don't believe yeah. that at all. Yeah, because the rumor was that Magnuson said, "Oh, well, I don't want to do that to Russell. You have to. You would have to fire Latifi for me to join the team." And I can't see him doing something like that. Not because he's a bad person or anything. Just because if you get the opportunity to have a seat, why would you turn it down and like feel bad for the other guy? I'm sorry, but I don't think F1 drivers are like that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't believe that either. But we'll have to follow this Latifi story. I think it's rumors right now. I think people are just stirring things up because now that Mazepin's gone, the spotlight is on Latifi as the worst driver in the Rightfully field. Rightfully so. Yeah. But I I don't think he is going anywhere at this point. I mean, I think he's going to see out his term of his whatever his contract is at least i don't think williams wants to get into a legal battle okay yeah i think that's fair miami time what did you think of the race i heard boring. good and bad things it was boring i think the track is beautiful the layout doesn't lend itself to too much racing looks really cool to drive I didn't notice the fake marina once during the race, so hopefully that's the last time we can ever mention the words fake marina unless we're like laughing about it. But the race itself, I mean, the battle for the lead was like semi exciting for like a lap after the caution, but mm -hmm. I don't, I, I was very comfortable on the couch and I could have easily closed my eyes if I wanted to. Yeah, I was not really impressed with the racing action. I don't think it was necessarily the most boring race we're going to see this season. Nope, that's Spain. Well, which is the next round. Yay. I know, can't wait. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think the race was not really a success, but the, the event was. itself was. Exactly. Yeah. That F1, the hype machine worked. The event is all anyone talked about. And all the celebrities were there. Martin Brundle had an embarrassing grid walk that everyone was also laughing about on Twitter. And I mean, you know, F1 kind of sacrificed what I would say are the hardcore fans for the sake of having an event. And I think they succeeded with that. And so if you're trying to appeal to the drive to survive crowd, I think you succeeded. 
Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast. Yep. I I mean, that's probably as nice as you could put it. It was a great looking weekend. I think there's a lot of takeaways that maybe other U.S. motorsports can learn from in terms of marketing and race promotion and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, the, the race itself was a, snoo- was a snoozer. I mean, even the DRS zones were, I mean mainly useless like they didn't so the one time drs was completely useless is one of the one time where i was like okay i'm for some drs right now because nothing is happening here but yeah it's um i mean it is what it is it's just like kind of a bummer that like it's miami okay that race is boring spain 90 percent chance that race is boring Monaco, 110% chance that race is boring. So it's like, from a racing perspective, like I just, the next couple of races, I'm just not really that all like enthused about. And I don't, I don't know. It feels like you just like lose momentum that way. Now, granted, the drive to survive crowd who, you know, is, is still tweeting online that Lewis Hamilton has eight championships and Max Verstappen has zero are still going to, find something to whine about over the next month or everything to whine about over the next month. But uh, yeah, that's, that's also not what happened. And I like Lewis more than Max. I think that the, it's just exhausting. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have been at the Miami event. I mean, it yeah. looked like a great time, but like you said, the racing itself wasn't the highlight of the event and i don't think the next two events will be the highlight of the season either unless maybe it rains then it might get a little bit interesting yeah all right all right so 
who was I don't I think we can just leave the discussion at that. We'll keep this episode short. It's IndyCar race weekend and Formula Formula E races this weekend. They've got a doubleheader in Berlin. Doubleheader yeah. this weekend and all the road to Indy is racing this weekend. So we'll keep this short because I'm sure a lot of people will be at the track in Indy today when you're listening. But who is your driver of the day? Um, I guess I'm going to have to go for this is hard to do Estevan Ocon. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you didn't take mine. I'm taking Albon, you know, another, you know, probably it's similar trajectory to, to, to Ocon in the race. And that's fine. I also like that Ocon. They were like, uh, can you slow down so that Fernando's five second penalty is negated? And he was like, no, like, I, like I, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, no, screw off. So I'm all for that. I and not like that. I'm a big Ocon fan or whatever, but good for him. I appreciate that. That was fun. Who is your disappointment of the weekend? Disappointment of the weekend is probably, unfortunately, going to have to be Mick Schumacher. Can we talk about that that little incident yeah, between him not and good. his yes yeah, pseudo father figure Sebastian yeah. Vettel? How awkward do you think that was? Or do you think Vettel just kind of forgave him instantly? I think Vettel sat him down for one of those. I'm not mad at you, but I'm disappointed in you, fatherly <laughs> <Yeah>. conversations. <laughs> yeah, Because okay. that was like Mick's by far best race. And then yeah, one screw up really affected it and almost changed. Like everybody was like, okay, we can see Mick coming around now. Now everybody's doubting Mick's abilities. And I, I don't blame them. It's not been a pretty season for the most part, and that was a very glaring issue. A glaring mistake, sorry. Yeah, it was not something that I think showered himself in glory, especially when yeah. it's Vettel, and that's, I think, why it got so much attention, is that we know the relationship those two have. If it was someone else, yeah. it may not have gotten the coverage that it did, but, yeah. I will take... I don't know. Take Pierre Gasly. Okay. I, Although, I think I think Fernando screwed his race. Fernando screwed him. He wasn't having the greatest of races anyway. Like he was down lower than he was at the start because he had a good qualifying. And then his level of awareness when Lando was coming up on him. Now there that that incident was kind of like a little bit on both guys like i'm not it wasn't fully pierre's fault I don't how know. much hate is he getting from lando fans right now like do you i think don't they're just attacking him oh they are sending him death threats and they are putting him lower on the rankings than nicholas latifi and uh but yeah i i just wish he had a little bit more awareness there because clearly his car wasn't turning very well and he was just like instead of just like pulling over or going very slow he was still trying to hustle it and I just think he made the decision to slow down at a spot in the track that was not great. And then like at the same time, Lando expected him to move over. So it's just kind of like a compounding incident, but not his best weekend. Anyway, predictions. How, do, how bad did we do? Well, for good weekend, I had Fernando Alonso. And mm. I would say he did not have a good weekend, and he's not nope. really had a good season so far. Nope. He's on the complain train again, like he <laughs> tends to be. He likes to say 
you know, uh, bad luck follows him around. He he really likes to talk about how the doom and gloom, you know, gray cloud just kind of picks him and stays over him all the time and that he should be a four-time world champion and that, you know, all the luck. And you can make an argument for that a lot of the time. And I do think he has a decent amount of bad luck, but it gets a little old to hear him kind of whine about that all the time. So he did not have a good weekend and my prediction was completely wrong. Yours was George Russell who finished in the top five again. And he's the only driver to have done that all season. So I'd say you win that round. Yeah, that was a good one, especially after, you know, getting eliminated in Q2. Bad weekend. I said Daniel Ricardo. And he finished 13th. I wouldn't say that's awful, but it wasn't a good weekend. No, yeah, that's a reasonable pick. And you said Max Verstappen. No. So he had a great weekend, I think. Failed that one. Yeah. Uh, Q3 surprise. We both failed this one. Because I had Zhou Guan Yu. And you had Esteban Ocon, who didn't even put up a time in <laughs> qualifying. Thanks, Esteban. Because, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Because he cracked his chassis. Yep. yep. Which sounds All like right. a weird euphemism. Yep, it does. I uh, wasn't going to say that, but yep. Um, hey, Shannon's allowed to make that's what she said joke, so why can't I kind of reference? Hey, I'm not arguing. I, I don't even know what cracked that crack your chassis would mean but it just sounds weird yeah i listen i'm sure somebody out there can figure something out and you can tweet at you can dm us please don't publicly tweet at us if you come up with a <laughs> euphemism for that one anyway wait there's one more oh oh wow okay um so we said q1 surprise oh yeah q1 elimination and i said science Nope. nope, he qualified second. You said Lewis. Nope, he qualified sixth. Awesome. We're going to bag that prediction and never use that one again. Yeah, I think it's... We're, we're not doing so hot on that. Mm-mm. Science had a good weekend. He finished third. Yeah, because he had the football helmet on. And he talked to Willie T on stage. <laughs> yeah. Chuck LeClaire. <laughs> I'm I, I, fine with Chuck LeClaire. So am I. I just thought it was funny. But I mean, those in, those interviews were. Uh, listen, I love Willie T. I've talked to him a couple times in person, and he's like the nicest dude. He's awesome. He's super intense. It's like super cool to talk to. Not he is not meant to be doing interviews there. That's just not his personality. No, he's a storyteller himself. You should yeah. be interviewing him. He shouldn't yeah. be doing the interviews. I think he was like way more intense than all the drivers, and like. You get out of the car after like a hot and sweaty race and you're like, Chuck Claire, how's it going, bro? And you're just like, whoa. I'm going to need you to always do that Willie T impression. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that's embarrassing. Wait, um, do you think they all knew who he was? I assume so based on that documentary that came out about him so. recently and everything. But yeah, I would I would assume so. With him. Yeah, I mean, especially it's signs. <laughs> It's it's a tough spot, especially because Willie T was so intense. You're just you just like kind of like taking it back a little bit, and like again, <laughs> Willie T is a fascinating guy to talk to and super interesting. But not, I don't think that was the place for him to be, be doing interviews. Like save that for like the after party that I'm sure they had. 
That's a good point. What did you, what did you think of Danica on the broadcast? I don't I didn't watch the pre-race, so I couldn't tell you what she said or whatever, but I mean I get it. It's a you know the ESPN, ABC, F1 people probably wanted a female representation and Danica is the most widely known female motorsports person right at least now. in the US yeah yeah at least in the US yeah so I get it I don't have any issue with it I don't think she's necessarily great on the TV from like Indy 500 stuff last year or the year before whenever that was but I don't have any issue with it it's fine no, I didn't think she was amazing, but it wasn't as bad as I think everybody was complaining. And I'm not a Danica fan necessarily. I think yeah. she's kind of annoying. Um, but no, it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we we've seen some way more awkward, terrible announcers and interviewers before. Exactly. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. Hope everybody and tried their hardest to enjoy Miami. We'll be back next week with trivia. Make sure to send me trivia questions so I can stump Frenchie again. That was a lot of fun. And we'll preview Spain. I'm sure the preview for Spain will be really short other than there's a couple of new turns and the track sucks. So everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.